Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast, and I'm Susie Shaw. If you are new to our podcast, Bariatric Eating is more than just talk. We support nearly a million post-ops in our Facebook-based support groups, which you can join if you like after you listen. I'll tell you where to find us at the end of the episode. We've created the most successful plan for bariatric regain on the planet. There's not a doctor's program or hospital plan or anyone who's addressed regain and the regain crisis with anywhere near our success rate. Thousands of people have used our inspired diet along with our help and our support to take their lives back, even when it seemed like things were hopeless. Those who help you in our support groups are post-ops. We've had regain, so we know how it feels, but we've also lost that regain, and we can help you find your way back into those smaller clothes that are in your closet. We have specific tools for you. We will help you set goals, create food lists. We even um, will help you with meals and recipes that you'll enjoy eating. And we even have our own products. So we we go beyond just ideas and help you in real time with real tools that really actually help. Our support network is made of people who are just like me. And collectively, we've spent the past 20 years helping post-ops lose regain and learn to change their habits so that the weight stays off for good. And I'm pretty sure we can help you too. So let's get started. So we're diving just, um, we're diving in headfirst today um, because everyone seems to have the impression that they need exercise to be healthy and to lose weight, especially after they've had a regain. And while exercise will absolutely help you do those things, it's not going to be the end of your success if you choose not to exercise. Now, let me clarify here. You need exercise, at least in some form, on your journey. But believe it or not, your weight loss and, of course, your regain or your lack of weight loss is linked more directly to what you are doing in the kitchen more than it's linked to what you are not doing or doing in the gym. It may have started around the same time that you stopped going for your evening walks or dropped your gym membership. But the weight regain or gain after you stopped exercising came from eating too much food. Likewise, if you're noticing that the weight has gone up since you started walking at night with your daughter for, um, for about 30 minutes or 45 minutes or however long you walk, the weight isn't up because you're gaining muscle. Nor are you in starvation mode because you aren't even eating enough to cover that workout, that walk. I'll say it's partly because walking isn't an exercise that one would do to build muscle because it doesn't build muscle. But um, it's just a fact that the weight gain that you've encountered, like any other weight gain, is tied to what you're eating. And I know that's a hard one to swallow. It always comes back to food, doesn't it? It's so frustrating when you keep coming back, it's your food, it's your food, it's your food. So I know that you probably have a feeling about this fact, but um, what I'm about to say is, is kind of hard to hear, but it's absolutely possible to undo the hour that you spend in the gym, gym or the 30 minutes you spend walking around the block or whatever with just a few bites or swallows. And why is that? It's because calories are harder to burn than you realize, and it's really hard to, qualif- to quantify calorie burn and calorie deficit, which is what you need to lose weight. If you listen to our episode on calories and macros, you, you know that what a calorie defi- deficit is. So, But I want to circle back with a little bit of a trivia nugget for you guys. Do you know that the calorie output on the machine that you use to exercise, like the treadmills, stairmasters, ellipticals, that, like that kind of machine, or even the one that you see like on your Fitbit or your um, Apple Watch is really a, a popular one, it's not 100% accurate. 
And um, in fact, most machines and most fitness trackers overestimate the calorie burn as much as 20%. A study by Stanford University actually determined that fitness trackers, like the same, the kinds that you wear, and here I'm talking about like Fitbits and then Apple Watches and all that fun stuff. And um, there's a whole bunch of other brands out there, but those were found to be an average of 27% off, like completely inaccurate. So that's over a quarter of them. But um, they also noted that some brands were as much as 90% off. And likewise, if you're doing things while you're using those machines like the treadmill or elliptical, like holding onto the handrails or using the handles that don't move on elliptical, your results are going to be skewed and often not in the way that you'd like to um, you'd like those results to be skewed because on either of those machines and even your own fitness tracker, doing that, like hanging on while you're working out, that actually um, modifies the effort that your body is putting into that e- exercise, which means that you're not burning calories at the same rate that you are when you're not using those things. And I'm not saying that using, you know, the handles and the, the handrails and stuff like that isn't isn't smart. It's very, it's, it's, if you need those, please use them because it's safer. But I want to get back to my point to get to that number of calories burned. Um, the companies that create those machines and those stats, they actually kind of do something. I don't want to say it's shady because it makes sense logically, but they take somebody who's usually very fit at a normal weight. Um, they do test with men and females. Um, but basically it's a well-conditioned athlete and they have them hop on the the treadmill or swim laps or play golf or whatever they're doing to measure the calorie burn. Um, They hook them up to some machines that measures their output, their, their, their heart rate, their breath, all this other stuff. They use a formula to calculate their calorie burn and then they use more math to expand those results and reply it to the weights that are both lower than that athlete and higher than that athlete is. So that way, you know, if you notice when you put in your weight and those machines, it goes from like 90 pounds to like 350 pounds, depending on what the max weight for that machine is allowed. So that does sound smart and logical, right? It's math should work. It's science, right? Science is black and white. So is math. And it's true that it's a great way to get a basic gauge for calorie burn and output. But if we really think about things that doesn't take into an account that the fact that the body of an athlete is very different than the one that of somebody who's not an athlete, someone who says who weighs maybe like 320 pounds. And here I'm not just talking about pounds on the scale. Weight that we carry, whether we're at a normal BMI or not, impacts things like how well you can move air in and out of your lungs. How much body fat and ratio to muscle mass you have impacts how your general athletic and fitness is. It impacts your bone density. Your age can make a difference. How well your heart beats makes a difference in how, how you would respond on an on a exercise machine. How well you, your veins actually move the blood around in your body, like you know your blood pressure. And sadly, people who are overweight are often a little bit slower and not as um, well conditioned to do those things than the ones that are a little bit more fit. And, and that's just a fact. We all know that we've all been overweight and had that breathless moment from doing something very, very simple. So my whole point here is that that calorie output that you see on the machine or even the one strapped to your wrist or your chest or whatever you use may not apply at all to how many calories you're actually burning. It could be more, but odds are it's actually way fewer calories than you're actually burning in reality. 
But that's not a cause to give up and not exercise, and it's not an excuse at all. In fact, I personally find that kind of empowering, that kind of mystery about it. It gives me some grace to own my workouts, and it helps me to push a little bit harder. I kind of use that number like a carrot. And here's how I do that, because that number is important. It can really help you if you try it kind of like this way, if you approach it kind of like a game, I guess you could say. But keep in mind that no matter what you do for exercise, how many calories you burn, it will never allow you to do things like eat a Big Mac with large fries or, um, you know, skip eating chicken and have pizza or whatever. The point of exercise isn't to eat. The point of burning calories isn't to eat. It's to move our bodies. It's to get healthier. That number on like the calorie burn number that we all kind of watch and pay attention to, it's in MyFitnessPal and all the other apps. It's there because it can help you. So I want you to start using that, that number to motivate you, not prove that you can eat more or that you should eat more. Here's how I do it. I look at that number as something to indicate my progress, what I'm doing. And, and sometimes it's not a really good gauge of what I'm doing daily because it can affect, you know, how well I slept the night before can ha- impact it, all that fun stuff. Don't obsess about the calories on that little screen during your workout at all. Don't even really look at them. I know you've seen those people at the, at the gym before who are on the treadmill and they have like a towel over the screen. It's because those numbers really don't mean anything. They really don't. But what I do and what I would encourage you to think about doing is the next time you work out, look at at that calorie burn at the end, make a mental note of it, and the next time you do that same workout, aim to add five more calories on that. If you swim laps because your knees can't handle running, and and that's me, I I swim because I can't do regular cardio because of my arthritis. Um, It can, but swimming, to add five more calories on swimming, that's like, not stopping between laps and not even for the whole, the whole exercise. That's just like a little bit, like one or two, like going one more lap before I stop. If you're on the treadmill, it can be just another minute or two on the Stairmaster, on the rower, whatever you're doing. It could be five more jumping jacks or five more burpees. Five calories isn't really a lot. It's like walking half a block. Uh, And that's my point. Five calories is a pretty small amount that in the scheme of a whole workout, like a a 45 or 50 or 60 minute workout, it's really not that hard to increase the intensity to add those five calories. And maybe you don't even need to do that every workout. But if you add five calories to your kind of workout goal every three workouts, that's going to add up quick, both for the progress that you see in your body and how you feel during that workout. And what do I mean by feel during a workout? I want you to take a minute and remind ourselves, or remind yourself rather, why exercise is so important. Regular exercise does more for us than just burns calories or makes our arms look nice and nice in tank tops. Exercise can also help us improve joint pain. Believe it or not, there are some aches and pains that feel better with exercise and movement. I have osteoarthritis, and exercise and movement absolutely helps me feel better. Um, in fact, there's actually a lot of studies that show have shown that um, regular exercise will improve cartilage in some situations. But here I have to caution you guys, if you have significant you know, bone-on-bone um, arthritis or other issues or just you know that like your back hurts a lot please talk to your doctor about using something guided like a physical therapy or working with a trainer or something to get started carefully on an exercise on a regular basis under some sort of supervision so you don't hurt yourself more. Um, But exercise will also stimulate digestion and it's kind of basic gravity type of a thing or, you know, bodies in motion, stay in motion. When our bodies move, our outside of our bodies move, even the inside movements kind of a 
a domino effect, I guess, if you will. Um, exercise will help you b- breathe more deeply. And again, this is one of those fitness things. When we use our lungs to breathe, it exercises all the muscles necessary for our lungs to actually breathe. And that makes us stronger. It makes our lungs stronger. It helps you sleep better. And it's, here I'm not just talking because you're tired because you exercised, but it actually helps us sleep better and more deeply. Exercise will help circulation. Do you struggle with like water retention? Movement's going to help with that. Exercise will also help your skin work, how your skin looks, sorry. Exercise will help the way your skin looks. And, and that's basically just because you're improving your circulation. Your skin is therefore going to look and actually feel better. The actual texture of your skin is going to look better and feel better. It will help posture. If you're exercising properly, you'll start using your core muscles more. And those core muscles are the ones that are in your back, like on, um, that do things like help you lift your, your arms and, and bend over and all that fun stuff. And then also your abdominal area muscles. So if you're exercising properly, it's going to make those muscles stronger. And that's absolutely going to help you stand taller and more properly, as well as sit better. And that will help reduce things like back pain, sciatica pain, that lower back pain that we get when we sit too long. Um, Regular exercise will also help you manage your blood sugar levels more consistently. It keeps your mind sharp as you age, and it helps your mood big time. It's been shown in study after study that it will really reduce stress and helps us kind of sort out through our thoughts because we kind of just have time to think about things on our own. Exercise strengthens your bones, and by that mean by that I mean actual bone density. Um, weightlifting is nice for muscles and to look better, but um, that that weight resistance is actually key if you want to be actually technically strong and do more than just like pick up stuff and look good. It will actually help you beat your body be strong. Exercise also fixes boredom. I know I don't know how many times I've gotten up and like done something on YouTube or one of those um, those those little walking videos that you find on YouTube because I didn't like what my spouse was watching, what my husband was watching. Um, I know the days that I get up and like sweep out the garage, I burn more calories than that. Um, But I started seeing a ton of progress, my own weight loss when I switched my daughter's after school activities to happen at the gym that we go to. Now I catch a workout instead of just kind of sitting in the lobby of the dance studio and gossiping with the other moms. Little things like that makes a big difference in, in, in what you're doing in your mindset because anytime we're bored, we start our minds start wandering and things start happening that we don't want to happen. Um, exercise can also act as an appetite suppressant. I know I've seen that firsthand for me. And then the other thing too, specific to bariatric people, I know when I exercise, I feel my restriction way, way more than I do on the days that I don't exercise, I mean. Um, it also helps me keep focused on my goals. If I exercise early in the day, I'm a little bit more honest about what I want, and it's easier for me to avoid temptation because I already put in that work in the morning. And one thing, too, I wanted to focus on, because this is a huge goal for a lot of people when they have weight loss surgery, regular exercise allows for a more healthy pregnancy. Um, and I was someone who was, I was obese. I was actually like mid regain when I had my daughter and, um, I started out my pregnancy at like 280 and topped out at like 350 or something like that. Like I gained a lot of weight, but you really want to be as fit as possible. Um, and I'm not just talking about like, you know, the number on the scale, you actually want to be physically conditioned because it's really, really hard on your body. My, my back and my knees hurt so badly during pregnancy. And there's a lot of complications that come into play, um, during pregnancy and it's just, simply not fun to be eight months pregnant when you when you're so overweight and you you like can't do things like you can't walk the grocery store without taking a break or tie your shoes without getting winded um 
it's really hard. So you really want to be in, in as good shape as possible. And the last one I'll add on is that um, exercise has actually been shown to reduce overall body inflammation. You know how puffy and weird you feel sometimes? Movement on a regular basis will help prevent that. And then when it does happen, it will tend to not be as noticeable or last as long. So exercise, while it's not anyone's favorite thing to do, isn't really just for weight loss. It does so much more for our body. And that's why I said it needs to be part of our journey because it really can help improve our mental health and our overall picture of how we feel about what we're doing. But like we've mentioned in previous episodes, it doesn't have to be an hour-long torture session in the gym unless you want it to be. Some people really like that burn and that um, intensity. And then some people just want a light exercise on a regular basis. And it's okay to want both of those things. There's no wrong way to exercise except for not to do it. And here I want to mention also that exercise and movement are not the same. And I'm going to go into this a little bit deeper because a lot of people consider movement to be exercise. But movement is something that requires um, energy from your body. It's basically any time you move your body. So say you're a nurse and you spend most of your day running around back and forth, or you're even a stay-at-home mom with a busy pair of twins, (laughs) Um, or you work five days a week on a third floor building that has no elevator or like a really, really slow elevator, so you take the stairs. That's not exercise you're getting. That's movement. Sadly, if you're getting like 16,000 steps a day just by walking around and doing your job, your physical job, it doesn't mean a whole lot. That's movement that your body has become conditioned to performing. And while that's really, really fantastic for your body and your joints and everything, it's not exercise. Movement doesn't replace exercise. Exercise is planned and intentional movement that's done on purpose to build or maintain physical fitness. Exercise is important, but does not replace the need for movement. While we'd love it to, um, it's just scientific fact that an hour on the treadmill cannot counter the nine hours you sat at your desk at work. It's great to hop on the Stairmaster after work for a lot of reasons, but you've got to move throughout the day and exercise. Both are needed for both wellness and physical fitness. And if you want to be healthy, you've got to include exercise movement, and a balanced diet into your life. Again, this is why the Inspire Diet is such a smart weight loss tool for bariatric people. It teaches you a way to eat that combines the right carbs, the right protein, the right amount of fat, and it encourages exercise without being a ridiculous gym-based program that you may not be interested in doing. You can layer that on if you want to do that. You can layer on Couch to 5K or any other program you would like to. But the basics are there. So exercise can be a lot of things. And it's something a lot of people love to do. But keep in mind that even the fittest people out there, those really toned ladies you see heading into that Pilates or yoga studio, or that guy you always see at the gym with the big stack of weights and that weird funky leather belt and all that fun stuff, or the lady that wears that like real bright tank top and the little visor that seems to run by your house every Saturday morning, they absolutely don't want to be there doing that every single time they do it. They just don't, not at all. They make the choice to go because they've taught themselves that the result of a workout, they like that better than the result of skipping the workout. So they do it. It's discipline that gets them there. Just like the food that we eat and the food that we don't eat, it's a choice. That's all. It's another one of the choices that we've got to make. Because once again, you get to call the shots in what you do. But you have to keep in mind that you cannot outrun your fork. 
So please don't think that exercise is the missing link in your regain weight loss success. It's part of the links, but what's on your plate is actually going to matter more. So I also want to add in this nugget too, because there's a lot of people in the weight loss surgery community who purposely eat before and after a workout to do things like um, avoid starvation mode. Um, because, you know, they burned some calories on the treadmill or when they logged into MyFitnessPal, they noticed that there was a change or because they think they need to do it for proper recovery, for muscle recovery. It's almost as if we aren't exercising in an effort to help kind of burn some extra calories and get deeper into a calorie deficit and therefore move that scale a little bit. It's so counterproductive to go in with that that mindset. But eating before and after workout can absolutely wipe out any benefit you see if your goal is weight loss, if you aren't careful. We talked about macros a lot in episode 25, so I won't go too deep into this one, but I can say you will not starve and you are not going to ruin your progress by not eating back the calories what you burn while exercising, especially given the truth about the calories the machines and trackers claim that we're burning. The only time to eat calories burned during a workout is when you are actively trying to bulk and add weight on purpose in a significant way. And I can say from experience, most of us who've had weight loss surgery are just trying to lose some pounds and tone our muscles a bit so that we feel a little bit more confident in our clothes and smooth that weight loss journey. So eating more isn't going to help us with that goal in mind at all. If you're eating in an effort to avoid blood sugar issues or combat um, you know, energy problems or just feeling yucky and um, having energy before, during, and after your workout, I'm going to address that in just a second. Um, I want to make kind of a small introduction, I guess, because I've mentioned before that not only does bariatric eating pack some experience working with post-ops, we walk the walk. We are actually post-ops doing this with you guys. One of our um, Facebook admins, in fact, she's the other chief admin. I'm, I'm one of the chief admins. She's the other one. Um, she, just like me, she joined as a regular post-op in person looking for support, and she got to her goal after her surgery. She's had some complications and, and um, a typical road, I guess, well, an untypical road. But she actually went above and beyond in her desire to help other post-ops and got certified as a personal trainer and a nutritionist, and she She's specific to bariatric needs, of course, and weight loss, as that's a personal interest of herself. Now, I'm certified in um, nutrition as well, but I wanted to ask Dominique, especially to chime in with some facts about workout snacks, um, eating after workout, and a a huge huge topic people struggle with called um, blood sugar, because there's a little bit, she has a lot more education and experience with that than I do, because she is, again, a certified personal trainer. So I asked her... Um, because we're not quite set up yet to do interviews, but um, one day, soon, hopefully. But here's what she says, and this is basically a direct quote from her. Having a snack before or after a workout sounds like a great idea, right? However, it may not be necessary. For example, if you are doing something low intensity before breakfast, such as taking a walk or doing yoga, this requires very little fuel to accomplish. Your main goal here is staying properly hydrated, Now, if you're an an evening exerciser, if you've eaten within the past couple hours before the workout, so, and by here, by eating, we mean lean protein and vegetables, you should have more than enough fuel to make it through most low intensity exercises. If you're doing something higher intensity, so you're running, taking a cycling class and advanced group fitness classes that really gets your heart rate up, or maybe you're lifting weights, a small meal 
and I want you to notice I didn't say snack, but a meal that you count as one of your daily meals of a few berries or grapes along with plenty of water to hydrate before the workout should do the trick to give you enough energy. After any workout, hydrate with water. If you're eating a meal within the next couple hours, there's no need for post-workout snack, and that includes weightlifting and more intense workouts too. If you're not planning on eating within the next couple hours, make that your planned meal. And again, it's, it, this is a meal that you're, ta- you're tacking into your daily menu. It's one of your daily meals, not an additional meal. That meal should, of course, be protein and vegetables, and that's going to be sufficient to fuel post-workout recovery and any muscle growth you may be seeking. Now, let's talk about blood sugar crashes. Blood sugar crashes typically occur when one is waiting too long between meals or you're eating processed carbs such as sugar, breads, pasta, oatmeal, etc. These type of carbs are quickly absorbed into the bloodstream and they cause a rapid rise in blood sugar levels and they can cause fatigue. This is one reason why intermittent fasting is not recommended for post-bariatric patients. Simple small meals, such as five small meals versus three big meals that are based on lean protein and vegetables, approximately every three hours, should be more than sufficient to keep blood sugar levels stable and help with that fatigue feeling that's not due to any other underlying condition. So that's a pretty fantastic answer, and that reminds us that unless we're training for like an Ironman or bodybuilding competition or... Um, whatever, our everyday bariatric diet. And again, here I have to stress our everyday bariatric diet is one that's low carb, high protein, and low fat. That will absolutely fuel your workouts and your recovery as it helps tone your muscles and you'll lose some weight along the way. It's possible to build muscles on a bariatric diet too, even without the addition of carb. And I know all of this is a lot of information. It's so confusing because so many folks think that the concept of a pre- and post-workout meal or snack or even drinks, they, they don't realize that it's not supposed to be layered on top of the meals they're already planning. But layering in those extra things just because you exercise would push even the most athletic person out of a calorie deficit. And as Dominique said, it's more important to time your workouts around your planned meals and absolutely pay attention to what those meals are so that they aren't too big and they don't have additional um, things on there just because you worked out. That's what's going to keep you in muscle recovery. That's what's going to keep you feeling good during your workout, give you that energy, all that fun stuff. You really need to keep in mind that you can get more than enough carbs for weightlifting from fruits and veggies. You do not need those bro foods like the oatmeal and the rice and the potatoes to build muscles. Tomatoes, strawberries, and even broccoli will help you more without introducing foods that are problematic for most post-ops. And here by problematic, I mean fat brain issues where we can't consider oatmeal without fruit and brown sugar or um, putting onions and fried butter to season our rice or um, a baked potato with cheese and butter, all that sort of thing that we do to food to enhance it, but actually ends up increasing calories to a great degree. Our whole point here with this episode is that What you're putting into your mouth the other 23 hours, those hours that you're not working out, that's what's absolutely going to impact your workout results way more than any pre-workout or post-workout supplement or snack or meal will. Remember, this is a big picture thing. Just like how when we get off track for one meal, it doesn't really impact our results for the week if we get right back on track real quick. 
that same day. When we are looking for any results, we have to think about everything that we do, not segment it into little tiny pigeonholes of different things. If you want success, and if you want to achieve the things that you said that you wanted to do, following the plan without excuses, like I lifted weights today, so now I need some carbs, that's the thing that's going to help you see the outcome you want. Don't fall back on those excuses. And if you care not to work out, if you decide not to for whatever reason, remember that your food matters just as much because really you can't outrun your fork. So with that, I'm going to close here because it's a lot of information we threw at you today. And thank you so much for listening. I would also take this time to invite you to come join us on Facebook. We're going to hold your hand there. We'll help you through this. We can always be found on our website, www bariatriceating.com. Once you get there, please do a keyword search for podcasts. And that way you can find all of our episodes listed with um, kind of a recap for each one. For this episode, I'm also going to add some links. I'm going to add a link to our Facebook support group. I'll also add um, a really cool beginner level exercise video that Dominique did and I um, a couple years Dominique and I did it a couple years ago with a friend. It's low impact. Anybody can do it with no, um, no equipment whatsoever, or if you have it, that's great too. But it's a really great starting point for working out. Um, I'm also going to link an article that clears up a huge myth that muscle burns or muscle weighs more, sorry, than fat. And as a spoiler, muscle and fat weigh the same, but come check out the article to, to see what I mean. And um, this isn't a link. But if you have a question that you'd like answered in an upcoming episode, please feel free to drop us a line by emailing ask, A-S-K, at bariatriceating.com. And just to remind you, we aren't just talk. Our articles, recipes, and our website have been helping post-ops for nearly 20 years. And it will help you too. So come check us out. Don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast so you're always updated as soon as episodes are available. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please pass it on to someone you think may find it helpful. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks.